This is Tim with Death by Metal STL, and I'm talking to Scott Clute and George Call, both of us are formerly of Omen. Uh, Scott was a bass player, I was a singer. Um, I'm also currently with ASCA and uh, with Colvin Hoof out of the UK, out of England. Uh, we're a British heavy metal band. Maybe you've, uh, maybe you're familiar with the band, maybe not. Also, um, I'm formerly, or I'm with the band out of uh, the Kansas City area, you may have heard, um, called Banshee. Yes. You heard of Banshee? Yes. Yeah. I was, the, I was the guy that sang on the 2012 um, comeback album, so to speak. Uh, Mind Slave. Okay. And, uh, I replaced uh, Tommy Lee Flood, and uh, I'm on that record. And I mean, the band's kind of on hiatus right now, but I was the guy that uh, sang on that record. And Scott's the guy that booked the tour. There you go. The the um, let's start off with uh, the band Omen. Um, I remember back in the day grabbing that album. What was your experience like? Um, in that band, I mean, what, what what tours did you guys go to? What bands did you meet? Um, who who did you play with? Yeah, you remember? Okay, uh, man, we actually it was a great experience. You know, yes. my, myself, George. That's just um, I was um, a I was a fan of the band in high school. Right. You know, so I own the, the Battle Cry record. In fact, I own all the records up to that point that had been released before I ever got to call to join them. I mean, I, I was familiar with all the material. I was a fan, and uh, whenever I would sit King Powell around town, I always tell them, hey, dude, you know, if you ever need a singer, man, I know all your shit. I'm a fan. Right. I love the band. Um, and uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, come in there and, and uh, do this thing with you. But um, so it was, you know, it was really cool to actually join the band. Scott was already in it when I joined. Um, now Kenny was a neighbor of mine. He he lives three houses down from me, and we we barely even knew each other. And then we finally started to talk, you know, just kind of met each other and started hanging out a little bit. And then he found out I was a bass player in bands prior, and uh, and then one day he just said, "Hey, man." I'm, getting rid of everyone in my band, you want to play bass for me? And I said, yeah. So sure. He goes, well, we're getting ready for this big tour coming up. We're going to go play Germany, Belgium, Italy, and Greece. And I said, oh, sounds great to me. I'm in. Now, what year was I this? Started learning all- that was in uh, 2007? Yeah. Nine? Well, yeah, seven. I officially joined the band in 2006. <laughs> At the end of 2006, okay. uh, or was it 2007? I think it was. Uh, I think it was 07, maybe 2006, if I'm not mistaken. It was at the end. Yeah, it was at the end of 07, uh, because there was a friend of ours, a uh, guy by the name of Matt, who uh, was opening a club in Dallas called the Vampire Lounge, and Kenny uh, asked him to be the new lead singer, and Matt said yes at first, but then he said, "Nah, I've got I'm, this club's about to open in, in you know in a couple of weeks. There's no way I can be taken off for Europe right. with my club about to open." So he had to bow out. And that's when he, uh, Kenny called George. But as officially, I joined at the end because that club we only was going to play the New Year's Eve party on uh, you know January 31st of uh, 07. So or December 31st, I mean. So. Uh, 
then, uh, then you know, then that fell through because the club didn't get open in time. So, but I was still officially the bass player of Omen at that point. And then, you know, Kenny told me about the uh, the tour that was booked and uh, wanted me to go. And then he got George, and uh, and then you know, me and George became friends after that. Now, what? Uh... What bands did you did you tour with anybody, or did you guys go separately, or or were you kind of like a headlining band? What was the deal? Well, we actually did. We you know the first tour out, which I had maybe two weeks or less to prepare for. Um, you know, which was a multi country tour to Europe. It was four or five uh, countries. Uh, we had Sentinel Beast on the road with us, and. Um, we basically, you know, they're from California. You're, are you familiar with them? Yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, they're one of the original Metal Blade bands, you know, back in the day. Um, you know, with Debbie Sean on the vocals. But we had them, uh, they met us in Germany. They're from California. We're a uh, Texas based. And we met, you know, at the airport there in Frankfurt. And basically, we're together through the rest of the tour all the way to Greece. Well, I guess uh, Kenny abandoned them after some. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. He kind of dumped them after some altercation or the other. You know, somebody, one of the guys in Central Beach tried to steal a jacket. <laughs> in, 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 Italy, in Italy. Yeah, in, in, yeah. in Italy from a fan. And they got nasty. And then, uh, and then they, they ended up, you know, I don't know, there was some misinformation, but uh, at the hotel where. You know, they ended up spending all of the gig money on food and alcohol at the hotel. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, turned, it got really ugly there, and we kind of uh, Kenny decided we were we were going to part ways with Central uh, Beast. We were already booking all the shows we were doing, so we were still seeing them. But yeah, right. But, I mean, we had other than that. I mean, we really had, there was no issue with Central Beast. We had a great time together. Um, I think Kenny and Debbie even got together. <laughs> You know, in Greece. Yeah. You know, it's just pretty wild. Now, as far as being like 2006, 2007, the thrash movement then was kind of at a low. I mean, I know a lot of bands like Testament and stuff like that was, you know, and, and Suicidal was trying to chug along, but it was kind of like it wasn't at this mainstay of like the 80s where it was like bloomed and, and humongous. What was that like? Was there any. Was there any different response from then till you think? Well, well the way I see it, it's, it's Omen had already established themselves right. in the community across the world, especially in Europe. They were huge in Europe, or still are. Right. And, oh, uh, yeah. We played, we played with some pretty big packed houses. Uh, you know, Keep True in Germany. Uh, we played a festival in, uh, in Italy. We pay, played a, some great love in Belgium. We played uh, up the Hammers in uh, in Athens, Greece, and uh, and we were headlining most of those. Yeah, um, you know, my my perspective was I, I know exactly what you're talking about, where metal kind of took a hit and disappeared and went underground. Yeah, so um, if that never was so much the case in Europe, in the U.S., absolutely. You know, nobody. I mean, metal is a bad word, but um, and I know that firsthand because. Uh, I started my my band Asker in, in ninety one, right in the middle of you know the grunge takeover, the, the, the Seattle scene takeover of, of uh, you know the airwaves. So it was a, an uphill slog the whole way. 
trying to do traditional metal. But uh, that that didn't really affect Omen in Europe, you know, where we'd show up and the houses were packed. It didn't matter if it was an arena we were playing or if it was a small venue. I mean, there were the fans were there in, in numbers, you know, and um, and it, it, we kind of actually, you know, we when I came out on board, it just seemed to kind of turn Omen's fortunes around a bit. Right. You know, from where things had been prior, because they'd done that, the uh, reopening the Gates album with Kenny Scott on the vocals, it was very um, poorly received. People didn't like that record. Right. Because it was, it was, it was Omen trying to be, trying to ride the, the, you know, the cyclical wave of what was happening in the U.S. Right. And that's not what the fans in, in Europe wanted to hear. They never, you know, that was sacrilegious to them. Right. And, and to me, as a fan myself, I, I got it, you know, I, I totally understood. Um, our era of the deal was, uh, I wanted to kind of be true to what J.D. Kimball had done with the band. You know, as a, as a fan of the original group, I wanted to, to make sure that the group treaded in that direction, as opposed to the direction they'd done with, uh, you know, I'd been going in with reopening the gates, you know. Right. What was your, growing up, both of you, what was the major influences in your lives to become musicians? What, what, what pushed you to do that? What, I mean, was it an instrument? Was it uh, uh, a musician? What did you look up to and, and, and how did you get into it? Well, for me, I was always into music. Uh, even in grade schools and stuff, I was a singer in choirs and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I just started playing an instrument in the school band. I played French horn for seven years. And, uh, and music was just a part of my life. And, uh, and then I got into a band in high school as a singer, front man. And, and it kind of, once you get into it, it's in your blood for the rest of your life. You can't, you can't shake it. You can't walk away from it. And, uh, and then so then I started playing guitar. And then I switched to bass. And I played bass with a bunch of bands around Texas. And, uh, and then, uh, again, I told you the story about how I, I met my neighbor, Kenny Powell, and, and uh, joined Omen. But then I took it further. Or once I got out of that, I kind of already started throughout my years as a musician with booking bands. So now I've got my own company where I book tours, North American tours for metal bands and rock bands. Such as? Uh, Banshee. Banshee. Yeah. Uh, I've booked uh, Mobile Death Camp many a time. Vicious Rumors. Vicious rumors. I've booked. Uh, there's been several. Uh, I've booked a bunch. I've joined uh, the touring company called Tone Deaf Touring for a couple of years, and, uh, and booked a bunch of big names for them or with them. And, uh, and then I went back to my company, Metal Thunder Entertainment, and, and now I'm going to be booking. I'm working on the new tour of Clothing Booth and Vicious Rumors coming up this uh, coming September. So that's going to be, uh, you'll be seeing that getting plastered everywhere real soon. Right. And we'll talk, we'll talk off the, uh, we'll talk when we get off the interview about more about that. Cause I want to hook up with some stuff with the magazine, but the, um, but like I said, I mean, uh, that's something I think go on. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to give you my answer on that same question. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And this is George, by the way. Um, what did it for me, I mean, it was real simple and it was really clear. I know exactly what turned me onto this path, and it was the day that I discovered the rock band Kiss. I saw the makeup, 
I heard the music, and I was instantly enamored. I mean, my life changed that day. I wanted to learn. I, I couldn't play a lick, but I wanted to learn to play an instrument, and I wanted to do what they did. So my entire and total corruption is because of Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Israeli, and Peter Chris. God bless them. <laughs> wow. That's, I think, Kiss, I think Destroyer was the first album I've ever, like, kind of snuck into my uncle's room, and I, I, I that's a classic story, but I, I, you know, he had all these, you know, had Kiss and Deep Purple and Thin Lizzy and Rush, and, and I used to go in there and play him, and uh, I got caught one day, he beat, he beat the crap out of me, <laughs> he was like, he scratched my damn records, he goes, I'll kill you, um, but it just, it's, to me, metal and, and that's a question I want to ask you, too, and I ask everybody this, but, you know, when I was growing up, and, and I'm sure it was the same for you, but when, you know, Metallica and, and Slayer, Possessed, I mean, Suicidal, all these bands, they've lasted, like, 30-plus years. I don't know how far Metallica is going to go um, until one of them passes away or some stupid something happens, unfortunately. But do you think the metal bands coming out today is going to have that longevity push do you think the record label is going to be able to do that or let them do that do you think the bands themselves are going to be able to get caught on and and ha carry that much weight because i think the second wave with hate breed and lamb of god and, and bands like this they have that longevity they they pushed but to me these bands coming out today there's just so many of them and i think the system is so flooded um with bands nowadays and and I think the the good bands that come out really are just they're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. And and what do you think about that? I think uh, that you're probably right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's so many bands that it gets to be you know it's a minefield. You got to you know wade through them, and there's no time. Like really, nobody's got that kind of time. But, you, you know, I think that's always been the case. And as, as, as will always be, the cream rises to the top. I mean, there's, there's going to be, a, you know, 100,000 bands more, you know. And out of those, you might hear about this one, that one, or the other. And, um, you know, the cream will rise to the top. Some will be caught in the middle, and others will just fade away because it, it wasn't the real deal. But, um there's there are so many great bands out there. Um, if one just puts in a little effort to seek, you're never going to get that uh, you know the old record company type push thing that there was you know once upon a time. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I think people love music. It's not something. It's like you know, how people like some people are into motocross, right? They like bicycle racing. I mean, motorcycle racing. Other people are into the comic book collecting. I mean, everybody's got their thing. And the people that are in the music, I mean, that's their thing. And if they can make a living at it, they're happy. You know, they're, wow. Right. Not too many people can do it, but not too many people can make a living at stamp collecting, but it doesn't stop them. You know what I mean? Right. It's like people still get after because they find pleasure in it. And I think as as long as it's pleasurable and people, you know, as long as you have fans and people enjoy it and, and you can make some scratch on the side and or, you know, Full, you know, full on if you do it right. Um, people will do it, you know, forever. I, me, 
I've been playing in rock and roll band since high school. You know, I mean, I, decades I've been doing this thing, you know. And, and here I still am. And I've done it with this band, that band, and the other. But, I mean, as long as I find it enjoyable, I'm going to do it, you know, until I drop. Right. It's a fun to me. It's a great thing. I love the music. I don't like what, you know, uh, corporate radio pushes down our throats. In fact, I, it's not, not just that I don't like it, it's that I despise a lot of that kind of music. Yeah. You know, the stuff that the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z, and the, the stuff that they tell us is cool to like. Oh, man, this sucks. It's not cool in the least. You know, I'm a metal guy. Buy right. something for me. You know, when, um, when one of their... Let's say, you know, one of the icons passed away. They say Prince. Oh, my God. Oh, Prince died. Oh, my God. Ronnie James Dio died. I didn't hear a beat. I mean, yeah. aside from the, you know, the metal people, nobody gave a damn. And to me, that's, I mean, no, no, no thanks. I'll stick with Dio. And you guys can listen to whatever the hell. But, uh, you know, it's a far greater loss of talent and creativity when we lost a guy like Ronnie James Dio than when we lost, you know, some Michael Jackson that's got the producer doing all the stuff for him and then he just comes in there and goes, (laughs) 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 I think what's, what is it? Is it harder on the booking side? When you book bands, is it harder to do nowadays because of so many bands out there? Not if the band has got a name. If, if there's somebody that the, the buyer thinks that he can sell tickets for, then it's not hard at all. Right. There's always a lot of unknown bands that are that want to tour. They want to feel the lifestyle of being a rock star. And that means getting out and touring and playing in a different city every night. Right. And uh, and those are the people who aren't going to make any money. They're going to lose their, their ass on the road. But some of them don't care. Some of them have got a rich... You know, rich parents or something, or someone that just got a lot of money that they can help support the band while they go out on the tour. But, you know, as long as it's a band that's got some kind of sellability, then it's not difficult at all. Right. And speaking of people passing away, I'm a huge Slayer fan. And when Jeff Hanneman passed away, um, nobody gave a shit. Nobody said anything. Nobody gave a shit. The metal community, for the most part, did. But even after he yeah. passed away, the, the award ceremony, they had some stupid award ceremony. And even guys like Jez, James Hetfield and stuff like that, they were kind of just like, eh, that's kind of sad to hear, man. And I'm like, do you understand that this guy, you know, like James, you know, Ronnie James Dio created, they created a movement. They created this music. They they started this. They they did this, you know, and, and I, I think that Absolutely. I think the metal community my personal opinion on the metal community is that it's very strong, but it's strong when they want to be strong. It's a very weird group of people, you know, and, and I think that, um, I don't know, it, it's not when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I can, fuck, my, my, my jean jacket had, you know, groups from Iron Maiden to Motley Crue on it, patches-wise, and no one gave a shit. I was a metalhead. That's what I was. Nowadays, if you wear something like that, everyone's like, oh, God, you got Motley Crue with Slayer? What the hell? You know, it's like, like, seriously? Like, who cares? You know, it's like, that's the shit I like. But. You know what? Um, interestingly enough, in Europe, it, that that is perfectly acceptable. Yes. And you'll often see, you know, the jean jacket, the patch jackets and the, the vests and stuff. 
It will have every genre of metal that they enjoy, you know, on those jackets. From from crew to kiss to maiden to priest to you know, Agatha Demon, Slayer, Cabal Corpse, you name it. I mean there'll it'll be a uh, patchwork, you know, of different bands on those jackets. And as it should be, I think, you know. I mean I, I I'm that way. I mean I love Slayer, dude. I mean, I can tell you, know, I can name all the guys inspired. Dave Lombardo, Jeff Adamant, uh, um, Gary King, uh, uh, fucking Tom Araya, you know, and then all those friends with Stu, you know, I mean, from the, you know, Paul Bailon, I don't know, you know, that's Exodus. But, uh, you know, the drummer, drummer, I mean, I'm a huge player fan. It was, and it's a shame, I mean, it's a disgrace that nobody gave a fuck when Jeff Adamant passed outside of the metal community. These guys sold records. These guys are still touring. These guys are considered, you know, one of the top four in that in the genre, you know, in the, the whole thrash metal genre. And who gave a shit outside, you know, of the metal community? The mass media didn't give a damn. No. Yeah, they didn't. They could care less. So you know what I have to say for the for the mass media? My double fingers sticking right out, pointing at them. I don't give. They can kiss my ass. Mass media can fuck off. Uh, I love heavy metal, and that's what's important to me. And that's why, I mean, I'll just, it's in my blood, you know. It's just like, it's, like you're, you're doing your magazine and the things you do, not because you're going to get rich or whatever, but because you love what you do and you love the music. You love the style. I mean, I'm just guessing, but. I, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, it's, you know, I created the magazine because I wanted to, it's because I, I grew up listening to these bands. I was, I knew, fuck, when we started, I just had a, I just had a Facebook page. That's all I had, you know, and, and I just reached out to everybody I knew, um, from Bobby Goofson to whoever, and, and was like, can I, can I get an interview with you? And, and they did all, these guys wrote down email interviews, every one of them. From Matt Thompson, the drummer for the King Diamond, to Bobby with 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 uh, Overkill, he they just wrote you know they wrote me interviews. No, they would never do that in a million years. If it wasn't anybody else, they'd just be like, "Oh fuck off," you know, because they're not going to sit down and write a damn interview, you know. And and I didn't know, and I and I that's where I started. But I'm not getting rich off of nothing. I'm not. No, that's not fucking happening. But the metal community has to have people like me. And, and you have to have booking agents and you have to have things or you're not going to listen to any music because the radio is going to destroy it. Live Nation is going to rip it out un- underneath you and, and you're not going to hear these, these obscure little bands. And that's why I do it because somebody somewhere, there's a kid sitting in, I don't care if it's Ohio to Germany, sitting in the basement of his parents' house or whatever and they're listening to that album that you're they're you're helping you're helping push. So you have to continue to do it. If you don't do it, then you know, it sucks. But what right Absolutely. what right now are you guys doing? What's what what are you doing for the music community or what band are you in? What's what are you doing right now? Okay, me, I'm like right now I'm in Africa and in Covenant. Covenant Currently touring. I've been in uh, Europe maybe three, four times. I have four different tours last year. Um, I'm headed back there next month to uh, headline the Sword Brothers Festival in Germany. Uh, we'll be back out there in uh, July to play the Bang Your Head Fest, which is what, you know, 15, 20, 30,000 people going to that thing every year. Um, 
and uh, just released the, the new Paul Hill record uh, April last year. Um, and then two nights ago, Saturday night, I played uh, in Arlington, Texas, home of Pantera, with, uh, with my band Aska. We had a show there at, uh, at Diamond Gyms. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, in, dude. I'm in the business. I'm out there playing, recording, releasing albums. I, uh, I sang three songs on the new Emerald CD that also came out April last year. Um, I, I did a guest appearance on two songs on the new Thor album that just came out a few months back. Right. You remember Thor? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm out there, I'm busy. You can hear my voice on lots of things. I, I sang on the, on the, um, Axe Viper record. I did guest uh, vocals there. I did guest vocals on Johnny's War Cry. Uh, on one of their records. In fact, doing an Omen song, uh, they did a, a cover of uh, Death Rider, and they had me split the uh, the verses, you know, with uh, with the singer. Really? You know, and uh, yeah, it was really cool, man. So, I mean, I'm dude, I'm out there working it, pushing it every night, and Scott, you know, his part, what he's doing is, you know, he's booking the bands, making sure that there's places for the bands to play and getting them on tour. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, man, we, we keep our hands in the pie, in the cake, so to speak, and uh, do it to it, man, you know, which is all we can do. And if not for, you know, guys like you doing what you do, giving us just another venue of exposure for, you know, basically, yeah, a way to get our voice out there to the people. You're like, you're our Twitter. You're another version of that press. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big or small. You know, it's just another avenue, and we our hats off to guys like you, Jim, and uh, much respect for what you do, man, because, um, you know, you allow us a platform in which we can reach the fans out there and reach people that might not know the bands or might never have heard of the bands or, or give a shit. I mean, it's just another avenue for which, for where they can learn about the bands or discover, you know, the bands. So, man, hats off to you, brother. I mean, appreciate what you do. Well, I'm glad that Scott got a hold of me today, and uh, I didn't know you. You have no idea. Well, I'm sure you do, but I get so many messages during during the day or during the night. My phone. I have to literally turn my phone down completely um, because I've got people from Europe and stuff. Hey, check out my new record, and will you do a review, or will you? What do you do this, or will you do that? And I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, what's going on? So. It's getting bigger, but you know, it, it's the music scene. I think the metal scene um, is is going to get bigger. I think underground is going to get bigger. I think these bands are going to start shining more um, throughout the year, and I think 2018 is going to be a good year. I think it really is. And as far as Scott, what what else other than booking are you into? What what do you do? That's uh, that's about it. Uh, really, it, it, I, you know, I have some other things I do to, to bring in some cash to pay the bills, but right. as far as music goes, that's really all I'm at, it, at or into right now. Well, it seems like, is it, do you like doing it? Is it a pretty good gig or? I enjoy it. Like I said before, uh, or I alluded to, every band I've ever been in, I've done the booking for that band, whether it be a cover band or an original band. Right, and, uh, and so when I when I left Omen, it's just kind of like I'm going well. Why not continue? Because I was doing the booking for Omen and stuff, and uh, so I just took it a step further and and 
started my own company and and then just you know kept going with that and I ran with it and I enjoy it right and uh, and and I feel like there's a service that's being provided for metal musicians out there. I think it does. Um, what was the what was your first metal concert? Both of you, what was your first metal concert ever? And what was your what was your first metal album you ever bought? I am his all-star, and then uh, uh, Scott researches his database. <laughs> no, um, mine, mine was um, the first metal album I ever bought. It was actually my brother bought it, but I almost considered mine as well because we both played the shit out of it. We bought it in a, in a garage sale, and my, it was actually my mom that told us about it. She said, uh, oh, I've got this, uh, this, my friend, you know, their, her friend was moving and her son had a record he was selling. It was Kiss Alive, the double line on the first one. Yeah. And it was selling for like two, four bucks. I don't know, it was cheap. But we bought it and played it, and, I, and like I told you earlier, man, that was it. I was sucked in, dude. I was corrupted through and through. You know, and from there, you know, I mean, I went expanding into deeper territory, you know, Celtic Frost and, you know, Slayer and Exodus and Exciter. And, you know, just went deep, but still always maintain that initial love for Kiss. Right. Um, now, as far as, that was, that was a two-part question. What was the, first, the other part of that? The, what, was your oh, first, what was your first concert yeah. you ever been to? Yeah, the first, my first concert was actually a country music concert. Was, my dad was a big country music fan. It was Freddie Fender, but my first rock, my first metal concert, or rock, you know, hard rock, whatever, was ACDC with uh, Ingrid Malmsteen opening the wow. show. And, uh, you know, I said, wow, it's a great way to start. You know, I mean, it was a good show. Right. And, um, but I was, I mean, I was dyed in the wool long before I ever saw it anybody live, you know. Right. I mean I think it's a you know, it's a it's a um it's a it's a gradual progression with most people usually. First you start, you know, you get into the music and you start thinking, Oh wow, this is great. I wanna see them in concert. You know, I want to see of course when I grew up there were no concerts, you know, I mean there wasn't nobody came there. So I had to wait till I was, you know, eighteen and stuff and till I left home before I could actually see a concert. But um it was great, man. Now, Scott? <laughs> uh, first concert was, I think it was B.B. King with Rare Earth. It was the very first show. It's either that or Chicago. I grew up more of a rock fan than a metal fan. Those guys are big, heavy metal, you know, B.B. King. The heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> blues and then a Rare Earth with a rhythm and blues. And uh, the hell, where else is metal going to start from? From rock and blues and that's where rock came from, it's blues, and then metal came from rock. The, the, it just kept going from there. But, uh, yeah, the one thing that me and George have in common is we're both huge Beatles fans. Right. So that was one of the bands I grew up loving. Right, George? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love the Beatles. I didn't, you know, I, I came in a much later in life. I remember my sister liking them, and I was going, no, man, those guys, give me a break. You know, I was one of the, you know, the, the Sabbath Maiden thing, you know. But um, then later, once I, you know, once I, um, I guess, uh, once I discovered or learned that all of the bands I liked were basically influenced, the thing that made them rock were the Beatles. I mean, almost nine out of ten of the, the bands I was influenced by 
will claim the Beatles as an influence, you know? Right. So I went back and retroactively listened, and, and uh, I fell in love with that band. Well, a couple of the oh, biggest names, Ozzy Osbourne, the huge Beatles. Yeah, huge. Lenny was a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah, because it's, when I was growing up, my uncle listened to, a cor- I mean, of course, I mean, then Lizzie and all that stuff. But he told me, he's like, he, you know, before you die, you're going to have to watch, you know, five of these bands. And he's like, one of them was, um, definitely was Pink Floyd. He goes, you got to see Pink Floyd, dude. You, you have to. And uh, he goes, you have to see, um, you have to see Journey and you have to see Rush and you have to see Thin Lizzie or you have to see Motorhead. He goes, you got to see these bands. And um, I saw three or four of them. I didn't see all of them. And, um, but I think, like I said before, I think the major influence, I've always been into music and, and I've always, um, enjoyed music, you know, and, and, uh, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was 15. I was in some bands and I toured a little bit and it's just is what it is, you know, and, and I enjoy doing the magazine. It's simple. It's easy. It's, it doesn't stress me out. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, and, um, it's just, life is just stressful anyway, just standing here. Um, but you know, other than that, I mean, everything's good as good as gold, but I appreciate you guys doing an interview. Um, uh, I, I, hopefully I'll see you in St. Louis soon. Um, if you ever get a chance to come by and play in one of our venues and stuff like that, that would be fucking awesome. Um, but I appreciate you doing the interview and, and learning a little bit about the band Omen. Um, like I said, I, I used to listen to it and back in the day, I mean, I, I did, I had like two or three, I think two or three tapes and, uh, um, I used to listen to it heavily, but, um, Scott, if you stay on the line real quick, but I appreciate you, both of you guys doing the interview and, and, and wish you nothing but the best of luck. Right on, man. Thanks, Jim. All right. Hey, uh, is there, are there any, uh, insider type questions you want to hear about Oma? Cause we've got all kinds of stories. We've got behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You know, I mean, Oma started life on Metal Blade. They're one of the early bands with the label, you know? Right. Um, and it's done by Brian Slingle himself, and uh, there are some stories we could tell you that would grow hair in your head. <laughs> it probably, there's, there's things that I've learned throughout the music community and stuff like that that I've just been involved with, and, and uh, when I tell people, like, off the record of what actually I went through with music, musicians, uh, they're just like, they're, they're jaw drops. I'm like, they're like, What? That some of them are just awesome, and some of them are the shittiest stories you've ever. You're like, wow, that couldn't have happened. I'm like, yeah, that fucking happened. <laughs> that took place. We've got we've got some of those with Omen. We got a lot of those with Omen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you. you know what I mean? Touring over in I Europe. Know, think... Touring over in Europe has to be a blast. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, it's, it means they love metal, and they know who you are. And kind of 
picks a, a flavor of the month, runs with it for, you know, five, eight, ten years, and then discards it completely for something new, you know, for the new flavor. Well, that, that never was the case there. There, you know, different musical styles and genres can coexist. Um, or, you know, or they're fine to, to, you know, to push forward, you know, in one, on one station. You know, you can listen to a radio station and they'll play everything. Whereas here in the U.S., you know, it's all, I mean, you get, this is what you're getting, you know, until they change direction, and then that's what you're getting. Right. You know, and uh, it's almost a shame, you know, because it's a huge disservice. And then, to, oh, I'm sorry, just one more thing I want to say. Um, you know, you were saying that you think metal is making a comeback. I think, I don't know if you've seen it or heard the new Jesus Priest uh, single yet. Oh, yeah. I think it's called Lightning Strikes or something. But, uh, some, I mean, that when I saw that, dude, I said, Mike, this is just the kind of thing that fires up the community, you know? Because, I mean, it's a brilliant song. They got Andy C or whoever coming down to produce that thing. And it is just probably the best music they've done in a decade or more. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just fantastic. It blows me away. It fires me up. And it's just the kind of thing I hope that ignites, you know, a, um, you know, ignites the, the fans to uh, get out there and support the music and to, to uh, you know, start rediscovering some of, some of what else is out there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and Tim, with yeah. the, when you're asking the, all the places we uh, in Omen that uh, played and stuff, we didn't even touch bass on the two months I spent in South America playing bass. <laughs> There's more stories there. <laughs> I think, I mean, you could tell, tell them now, but it's the thing about it is, is I just, being in a touring band, and, and I was like, I we did our first festival, um, Full Terror Salt in Illinois. Um, last year we did this festival. And we were talking to like Crowbar and talk, some of these bands, and the stories that they would just, I mean, after the festival was over and everyone's like bullshitting and talking, you know, a lot of people were trying to leave and get out of there. And the stories that people like Goat Horror and all these bands were telling of like just stuff that, I mean, I can't repeat, but just the wildest shit that I've ever like, and some of it was horrible and some of it was just you know, like, oh my God, like, can did this really happen? And, <laughs> he, but the thing about it is, is that, to be on a road and tour like that, I don't understand. Me personally, I see these guys drinking. Every time I see these guys, they're always like drinking bottles of Jaeger or, you know, Jack Daniels. And I'm like, how in the hell can you sustain that much alcohol all this time? You know, how can you do this all the time? And um, I sure in the hell can't. I, t I take a shot of whiskey and I'll be out on the floor dead. You know, but it's just like... Tour has to be incredible at times. It is, yeah. Hey, speaking of full terror assault, that's a Joey, right? Yeah. Is that? Yeah, he's a real yeah, close I'm friend. I'm talking to him about the Clover Vicious Rumors Tour, bringing them to that festival. You got to help me uh, help convince him that they need to be a part of that show. Oh, I'll hook it up. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. It, it's all about with him. It's all about it's all about money. It's it's it, he does as much as he can to bring as many bands there, but it's all about finance. And I've learned so much from him. He's like one of my closest friends, and he is uh, he's took nothing and made it one of almost 
it's getting to, getting to be one of the biggest festivals in America, and it, it's getting huge. It, it could be it could be bigger, way bigger. But sitting down with him and all the time, I used to I used to tell him, I'm like, oh, you need to get so and so and so and so and so and so. And he goes, no, 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 brother, what do you stop? He goes, I don't have that much money. He goes, I don't have that money. He goes, you realize how much that costs? You know, I'm like, God, I didn't know. But now we book, you know, we're not booking bands, but we're, we're help getting bands into St. Louis and we'll hear so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And I'll be like, okay, well, how much is it? And I'll be like, well, that's 12 grand. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. They're not worth 12 grand. That's not, that's not feasible. And, and that's now I know, now I learn how much a band's cost and how much it costs to get them in there. That's all it's about. That's, it's all numbers game, you know, and, and, uh, festivals, they cost more. I don't know why than a regular show. I could book, like you could probably have hate come in for less money, but if you put them on a, v- a festival, it's like stupid money. And it's like, I don't understand that. I don't get it, but I'm learning more and more, but yeah, we definitely like, like when I, I get off here, we'll talk for a minute um, and, and I'll talk to Joey. I just talked to him today and, um, he's always looking for stuff, but like I said before, it's, it's, it's a numbers game and I understand exactly. You understand, you know, you deal with it every yeah. day. So <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just going to happen for whatever the, it, it is, you know, um, it's an awesome festival. Last year it was, uh, it was overkill. I'm not going to go through all the bands, but the big ones were overkill, um, Venom Inc., uh, it had crowbar, it had goat whore, um, just it was a blast. I mean, it was toxic holocaust that was there. I mean, just just incredible. And bands from I met bands from Europe. I met people from well, I would never even think I would meet them. You know, I talked to Bobby Blitz. You know, he's yeah, I was cool. So uh, I, I noticed that uh, none of the 2018. Uh, lineup has been released yet. Do you, uh, you have the insight of some of the big bands are going to be this year? Well, let me turn this thing off, and then I will tell you everything that you need yeah. to know. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you guys for doing the interview. Just hold on one second. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it, Jim, man. Uh, you know, it's always fun to talk to a metal guy, you know, and, and out there doing what you do. And, again, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, hopefully meeting with you soon. I I, you know, we played, I was actually in St. Louis, did a show out there in the, I think it was 2000, um, I want to say 2012, 2013 or something. What was that venue in St. Louis? Subar? Subar? Yeah, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Fubar. It's always Fubar. Exactly, is that, the, is that the one that's got like two sides? Yeah, it's two sides, and then did you go eat down the street at Pappy's? No, we didn't. Ah, uh, you we suck. Had, you sh- you should have went down to Pappy's. I, I played that with uh, with Aska, and we were on our way to Ohio to headline the we had Warriors of Metal Fest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, uh, so we, I think we did a, it was an off night. I think we played a Wednesday. Right. Wednesday is probably. Right. It was a real shit night, you know. Of the week, but I mean, still, we had a good time, you know, we had fun, and, um, you know, it was, it was interesting, you know, St. Louis, and I, I spent a lot of time up in the KC area, anyway, right, because, uh, you know, Banshee was based out of uh, Kansas City, so, right. you know, I'm up there, often, like, when the band was 
was busier and working and stuff. And I was up there rehearsing and uh, you know, doing some shows. Played the All Star Bar up there. Played uh, Aftershock. Um, you familiar with those venues at all? Um, what in Kansas City? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. You're in St. Louis. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, I'm. Um, I'm four hours away. Yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, for us in Texas, that's just a, a false pro, man. Yeah. <laughs> from here to San Antonio. Oh, I bet. Well, like I said, let me shut this thing off, and I'll talk to you real quick. Okay. All right. Thank you so much.